hey, when you're having a conversation with your officers and you hear them talking about turn signal, you say, actually, I met with Jazz. And he gave a presentation about what their platform is. And his brother graduated from Alexandria's law enforcement program in the state of Minnesota. And he does care about get, bridging this gap and getting everyone home safely. They aren't adversarial to us. They're just trying to get everyone home safe while protecting their rights and the action. And I, I, the physical change that we see from people, and then we quickly explain to them what it actually looks like, uh, that you don't actually talk directly to the attorney as the as a police officer, that you're the driver is talking to the attorney. It's not like a talk to my attorney platform. All of the information just quickly dispels so many preconceived notions that people will have based on what the idea is. Uh, and it really changes all of those conversations. Really, really quick. Hey, it's Breaking Barriers, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging podcast. We're here for real talk. We're not afraid to go there. And we want you to come away emboldened and energized to take action and make change. We believe our diversity, our differences, when joined together by a common set of ideals, makes us stronger. When I set out to help someone, uh, it is my intention to do just that. I'm not trying to do anything other than meet somebody at their humanity. Your world has changed, but your dreams shouldn't have to. That's why Kirkwood is your next best step. With affordable, flexible, and close-to-home options, now's a great time to start or finish your Kirkwood degree. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash findyourfuture. Displaced or discouraged at work, Kirkwood can help you learn a new skill or totally reinvent yourself for a brand new career. With so many flexible and affordable options, you can get back on track fast. Learn more at kirkwood.edu slash find your future. What's up? What's up? What's happening world? We're back again for another episode of Top Rank Breaking Barriers. The DEIMB podcast brought to you by five-star presenting sponsor Kirkwood Community College, as well as our silver diversity sponsor, Rise to Greatness, formerly known as PG Cares. We thank you so much for your support there. I'm your host, Anthony Arrington. I'm excited to be here with my homie, Nick, Nick. Nick Ford there, <laughs> and my homegirl online with us. What's up, Joy? Welcome, welcome. Excited for this one. Hey world, we're back. We're back. We're back again. We're back again. We uh boy, we got a we got a good one for you today. So, so hyped for this conversation we're having with the founders at this amazing, amazing black company. A company that started well, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna let them say that. I'm gonna let them tell you about it a little bit. So it, it's uh it's an amazing story and it's an inspiring story. So uh Joy, Joy, tell us who we got to introduce our, our guest today. All right, all right. I almost had lost into the conversation. I'm always the guilty one of like starting the conversation before our producer has us going because I get so excited about like all the different guests that are doing amazing things. And you three, we're going to talk about technology, but not only how you use technology, but how you're using it to actually solve an issue, right? So technology like for good. So I can't wait to dive into that. But first, we got to dive into these vials, right? So Jazz Hampton is a co-founder and the CEO and general counsel at TurnSignal. TurnSignal is a Minnesota-based tech company that provides real-time legal guidance from an attorney to drivers, all while their camera records the interaction. Hampton has been featured on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, Top Story, and was recently named one of Minneapolis-St. Paul's 40 Under 40 for his work at TurnSignal and in the community where he sits on the board of directors at the Academy of Holy Angels, Spare Key, Catholic Charities of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and he is also a Masonic Institute for the Developing Brains Philanthropic Advisory Council. That is a you lot. Promised, 
you promised you were gonna cut them short, so we ended up. I did, I did, I did, I did. <laughs> I, I did, I did. Right, right, right. We don't interrupt her. We, we don't say nothing to Joy. We just let her do her thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Michael Freelix is the co founder and chief growth officer of Turn Signal, a role in which he oversees the company expansion efforts. Prior to founding Turn Signal, Michael worked at Sony Electronics, where he managed enterprise accounts and help Fortune 500 companies adopt innovative technology solutions. He also provided guidance on channel partnership relationships. With eight years of technology and sales experience, Michael has an extensive knowledge of cloud, hybrid IT, SAAS, ERP, MRP, hardware, and electronics. Stuff. Michael, you could probably tell. I don't know what <laughs> All the good stuff. All the good stuff. And last but certainly not least, Andre Creighton is a co-founder and the CFO of TurnSignal. He spent four years in public accounting working in taxation for CPA firm Lurie LLP and National Conglomerate Baker Tilly LLP. After that, he worked for Cargill Inc. in their corporate tax strategy department as a senior tax analyst. His final stint before joining, joining TurnSignal was with Spire Credit Union as the lead senior financial analyst where he was helping build their finance department. So welcome, welcome, yes. welcome. I got through all of those wonderful things. <laughs> I'm just but I did the not... and yes, we short Exactly, exactly. Oh. So welcome to the show. So let's go ahead and get going. And I think I have question number one. And so I want to talk about why what made you start Turn Signal? What was the impetus, that moment that said we gotta do something about this? Yeah, um, I guess I can take this one. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I guess what a lot of people don't know about us is Michael and I have been friends since we were about uh, three years old, at least as far as we can remember. Um, so we have a long-standing friendship. Uh, but then <clears throat> Michael went to St. Thomas, met Jazz through his uh, their college days, and inevitably, uh, I probably spent a, a, too many nights out partying in, at St. Thomas with these two, mm -hmm. and. <laughs> fast forward 10 years later and now we're running a business together and and really yeah. it comes down to mike and i growing up in st paul we knew the castile family very well and when philando tragically lost his life it, it just hit a little too close to home for us and uh but at that point we were three years removed from undergrad didn't really know what we wanted to do and how we could be helpful um in this space and fast forward four years later george floyd happens and i don't think there's a person in this world uh, that hasn't heard the name George Floyd unless they live under a rock. Uh, so we came together. We'd been a part of the visuals. We'd been a part of the peaceful protests. And we said, but what are we doing with our skill sets, the three of us, to to be a part of the change we want to see? Jazz having a computer science background and obviously being an attorney, uh, me being in finance and, and, and accounting, and, and Michael with his uh, abundance of tech software and, and uh, knowledge in that space, how can we come together to put together a tech platform that could truly impact and change the world? And here we are today, and we're seeing it. And, and what and what Dre didn't uh, didn't say when Jazz and I met, we were just we were just on the football team. We didn't actually play. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So my my daughter's boyfriend went to St. Thomas. So yeah, he's he's a little younger than y'all, but. Uh, yeah, to kind of expand on that. So here you are in the midst of, like you said, post-George Floyd, three black men 
in the city that has the target of the world on its back and and you got this idea I, I talk about the resistance that you had to face kind of coming through this or was it easier because of the moment talk a little um, bit about that your your journey and what that resistance was like as as these three black men doing this work i would say on on the continuum of how difficult it would be the summer of 2020 was the least difficult uh, from a stance of, of people supporting. I always refer to people in the, the like black Instagram squares and uh, all the people that were posting on June 1st or June 2nd of 2020 about how they wanted to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So there was an opportunity to have a conversation, but there was a, a huge uphill battle in so many other respects uh, in talking to law enforcement and helping get their buy-in so we can say, hey, we're going to have to bridge the gap. We're going to make it safer for you as well. When you see a turn signal vehicle, we want you to feel safer during this interaction. All of those things, right? So we started with those conversations. And then, of course, lawyers. Uh, being the, the lawyer on the team, I know that lawyer, the, the legal profession mm-hmm. is the slowest to innovate. Uh, there's people I worked with, partners at the law firm before I quit and, and started turn signal with Dre and Mike, uh, that still did not know how to type. They still dictated an entire 25-page memorandum it would have someone else type it out. So to, to think that we were going to innovate in that space in this way was also challenging as well. Uh, those are just two examples of the many challenges that, that we knew we were going to face, as well as, you know, uh, we know the statistics around the, how likely it is for black farmers to be funded from a, a venture capital or an angel investment standpoint as well. And to, that, to that point, too, the timing for us was, was spot on, right? There was there were people who were really genuinely looking for a, a tangible solution, right? They're looking for, for ways to make those interactions go better. And, and what better way than to put an attorney in the car with you to guide you through that interaction. And so we've been really blessed and fortunate to, to be in the space that we are. And the timing that we did it was, uh, was this perfect storm of, of goodness. And we, and we're, we're seeing that now to even over two and a half years, years later. So how, how, so, you know, we talk a lot about in our space that there's this fatigue and, and you'd see the post George Floyd and now where we're at now with what companies are doing, dropping DEI and, and under underfunding it. Has that affected you all at all? Or did you just kind of have enough momentum to push through that? Yeah, there, there's certainly been challenges around, how do we kind of create and continue to keep that same energy from, mm-hmm. from 2020? Um, in fact, we actually did a uh, an in-person event a few weeks ago where, where really the, the whole impetus was keeping that same energy. And so we had a number of organizations that were still bought into it, but there's a lot of work to be done. It's true. DEI budgets are the first things that are getting slashed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen this, this, this shift, though. We are a DEI benefit, but we're more than just a DEI benefit. This is about health. This is about wellness. Yeah. We know that stress and fear and anxiety, all those things can, can really lead to even more adverse health effects. And so we're partnering with organizations that believe just that. And there's a number of companies here in the state of Minnesota across the, 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 the country that have said racism is a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. So how do we address that? Yeah. Well, it turns to help lower that stress, that fear, that anxiety. Yeah, right help. here in our backyard, I know in our county here, it's a uh, one of my colleagues has a job because of that. It was declared a racial. It was declared a a, uh, a crisis here, 
and it's interesting that you say you have health benefits because I think, and you tell me, it seems like the other selling part of your tool is that we, we know what the, the social justice part of it is, but I, I was reading on your website, you, you know, if I get in, in an accident and I'm on the road, you know, maybe a car accident or, or other things besides getting pulled over by the police. So do you all, do you talk about that in your process about how it benefits beyond just making sure that uh, I get treated right as a, as a black person getting pulled over? So do you talk about your other benefits? Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about it a lot. And, you know, what we always say is people think of turn signal and sometimes we'll think, oh, this is a great platform and people of color should have it. And what we say is, no, everyone should have it. Uh, this is a, a really great accountability tool. Uh, if every, you know, the, the analogy I use for, for the pullover situation is this is just like if everyone had a ring doorbell, everyone's re- moods and the way they interact with people when they press the doorbell would change across the country regardless of who's beyond the other side of that door. And just like that, if we're in the in the car of every person being pulled over, every interaction between that person and law enforcement is going to be different. So it takes everyone collectively doing it to change entire systems of actions and interactions. And then on the second part, yeah, everyone knows what it felt like to get in that first accident and knowing they didn't feel comfortable calling mom or dad because they knew they were going to be upset. And they didn't know if they should get that insurance information or if they have to take pictures or if they have to call the police. They don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And if they do want to call dead they might be at work so what are you setting your loved one up whether it's your child your significant other or your own parent what are you doing to ensure that they have someone there with them in that moment of I, I love that boy i wish i wish you were around when my kids were a little <laughs> bit younger because i remember getting a few of those calls and it's like yeah you know didn't know what to do and panicked and it can lead to some bad situations yeah, absolutely from the equity lens, though, I'm, I'm curious, too, when you all first said, we're going to walk away from our day jobs, and each of you are in pretty lucrative career fields, right? We got somebody in technology, we got an attorney, and then we have somebody in accounting. So each of you could have easily said, you know what, I'm going I'm to do my thing, I'm going yeah. to make, make my six yeah. figures, right? But when you're like, you know what, the gift that I have, I think it's meant for a higher purpose and to serve my people. And to lend it that way, it's still nervous, though, when it's day one and you got to raise the first dollar, right? Like get the buy-in yeah. to, to actually be able to afford that. Like we're, we're entrepreneurs too, right? I think it's Small Business Week, it's either this week or next week. And so how was that moment for you when you're not only having to launch something, but essentially you guys are a mission-driven organization, well, which is the, a whole nother thing. So mm-hmm. how was that first step? For and then you? you add in what Jazz was saying about, you know, you know that the funding streams already are at a disadvantage. Exactly. That, that's, exactly. That's well, so what was the first step? Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, I would say the first six months, we spent a ton of time having uh, investor calls. Uh, at that point in time, we were what would be equivalent to some young startup being in their mama's basement or mom and dad's basement. Uh, We were working from home, didn't have an office. (laughs) (laughs) So humble beginnings. And, you know, what I think really worked well for us is that to your point uh, around, you know, leaving lucrative careers and and being on that trajectory to, uh, to moving upward within the company, we found that we use that to our benefit, right? The credentials that we have, Jazz being an attorney, Mike, me and Mike both have an MBAs. Um, I'd be I'd be remiss to say that it's it's set us apart from a lot of different um, young 
African-American entrepreneurs that enter this space because it gave us instant credibility from that standpoint. It allowed people that typically um, wouldn't give funding to young African-American entrepreneurs the ability to, to feel like there's trust and that we've been around the block in that sense, though we hadn't built a company quite yet. That's interesting. As we think about DEI, as Joy was saying, we, I, I talk a lot about everybody, even black folks got privilege. However, you got that, you use that MBA and you use that law degree and that experience to get indoors. Even as black folks, we all have, everybody has some sort of privilege. We just don't have as much as others. But, but that's an example, you know, that I hope this. Not me. I, I'm, I'm that intersectionality of black and woman. <laughs> I don't, no, I'm just playing. I definitely, I definitely have middle class privilege. I just definitely. On that note, though, sorry, you, you've got this, you're juxtaposing your ability to, to serve all, but to Joy's point, you know, you've done something that's good for, for, for black people and on your site, you know, it, and you're about us section. That's the first thing you read in your paragraph. Black owned is, is the first words that you say in your company. And you, and you also say you've got that you talk about, what you're doing, but you, you threw a sentence in there and I know you're lawyers, you're, I know you wordsmiths. You said that with a particular focus on underserved populations. So has that helped you or do you find that that's hindered you to, to be true to yourselves about your just your social justice mission, but at the same time serving everybody because it helps everyone. Has that helped you? And was that deliberate when you marketed yourself that way? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's a misnomer that because you are a social enterprise or you're doing social good, that you cannot generate revenue or you cannot be a successful company, right? Mm -hmm. And that isn't going to have to be dispelled right away. But at the same time, to think that, then people will create other assumptions. And that's why in that same paragraph or at the beginning of it, we also have to say that we're focusing particularly on people that need this the most. That's why anyone who wants turn signal, if you download our app, in any of the 40 of the 50 states that we're live in today, uh, we'll be in all 50 states in the next 50 days. Uh, if you download our app, the first thing we ask you is, do you have a job and do you make over $40,000? And if the answer is no to either of those questions, you get the same product for free that everyone else who has money does, right? And so that is core to our mission. That's core to our mission and, and what, we're, what we do. Of course, it's free to them, and we find partners to help us subsidize those memberships to ensure that we can keep running as a business. But that's how you can be a real business that can do good for people and also serve the most vulnerable population in the same moment. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So thanks for answering that question, because I wanted to know about your, what was your thought behind, you know, having zero dollars for folks who couldn't afford it, uh, the nine ninety nine. So So cool. Yeah. Yeah, we, we just know that. People, uh, people of lower income are the people who are at risk most in the criminal justice system, right? Uh, and we also know even regardless of if you have a million dollars or zero dollars, 70% of people who have legal needs don't receive, don't receive lawyer or legal help. Mm -hmm. So we need to address that, that access to justice gap. Yeah. One of the things we yeah. talked about uh, or before the show, I think maybe you and I had talked a little bit about Andre when we first met you all, was the relationship with the police force. So. You know, when I, when I told my son, my son had been a police officer. Now he won't ever do it again, but he's retired from that. And I remember even when George Floyd happened, he said the outrage, even from the police force in the country, majority of them were so like disheartened by that and so disgusted by it. But how's your relationship then with this? You know, I know you talked a little bit about, you know, how it's safer for them and, and, and all that, but how do you, how do you get them convinced? Because obviously we know about the, the systemic historical issues there that this is really 
beneficial to them as well. Yeah, that, that I, I love that question because the first thing we want to do is create awareness and, and, and awareness of our platform. We're not adversarial, but it goes back to Jazz's point earlier. Really, the core of this app is accountability. And so while, you know, we want to make get get awareness and at some point we might get buy in. The reality of that situation is buy in comes at a high, high cost, right? especially when we start to work and build out these relationships with law enforcement, still very important. And so as we go into those conversations, it's, this is a shared value for, for you. We want to see you get home safe. We're an app to bridge the gap. And so let's have this conversation. Let's have this dialogue. And we've seen very positive outcomes from going into those conversations. And, and maybe Jazz can even touch on this a little bit more, but when we start a conversation versus where those conversations end, uh, there is mm. night and day difference. Mm. Are you are you the marketing guy, Michael? Are you the marketing? Who's marketing? <laughs> we all just, okay. That's marketing one on one. You control the narrative. You walk in the room. You control the story, and you don't let somebody else to tell it for you. And so right. you guys are going in and saying, "Hey, this is an accountability for all parties." Before somebody else makes so, it something else. So I want to hear that. about that. Yeah. So, well, I want to hear like, what was your hardest sale? Yeah. On that end. And what was your biggest success on that end? Like where, where did you start the low to the high and, and what was your biggest challenge in that? Yeah. An example yeah. Of uh, where you, you started down there, like Nick said, and, and uh, what was that like? And jazz, don't be afraid to name them on our show. No, I'm just saying. Here's a real example of what Mike was just describing. I was on a, a video call with 30 of the leading law enforcement officers from the LAPD. And I, I started the call by saying, I have no ask of you other than like three things. The top version would be step up on MSNBC with me and say this is the greatest idea ever. I don't think you're going to do it. The next version is to send out an email to all of your, your uh, boots on the ground officers and let them know what turns of noise that they were actually here to make them safer as well. I hope you do that. The bottom minimum minimum version is, hey, when you're having a conversation with your officers and you hear them talking about turn signal, you say, actually, I met with Jazz and he gave a presentation about what their platform is. And his brother graduated from Alexandria's law enforcement program in the state of Minnesota. And he does care about get, bridging this gap and getting everyone home safely. They aren't adversarial to us. They're just trying to get everyone home safe while protecting their rights and interaction. And I, I, the physical change that we see from people and then we quickly explain to them what it actually looks like, uh, that you don't actually talk directly to the attorney as the as a police officer, that you're, the driver is talking to the attorney. It's not like a talk to my attorney platform. All of the information just quickly dispels so many preconceived notions that people will have based on what the idea is. Uh, and it really changes all of those conversations really quickly. You know, I, I wish it was that simple with gun control. I wish it could do that. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so what are some other misnomers out there that you are fighting all the time? I mean, there's one of them you mentioned that, you know, it's not the adversarial, it's not the lawyer to, to count to police officer. What are some of the other ones that you have to fight all the time to make sure people understand? Yeah, we, uh, my guy, I'm sure you have more, but we hear a lot of people that assume that it's a pay-per-click, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm getting pulled over, I'm going to press this button and then they're going to charge me $25 an hour to talk to the lawyer and it's not the case. Or like Netflix, like you pay one annual subscription or a monthly subscription, and whether you get pulled over zero or a hundred times, it's the exact same price. 
uh, I think that's one misnomer that we hear a decent amount. Uh, Mike or Dre, I'm sure you have more though. Yeah, I think the the other one is, you know, as we're going into these organizations and they're saying, hey, we want to be alongside your health vision and dental plans. Some of these organizations, their pushback is, is what's your what's your relationship with law enforcement, right? So we have to always get over that hurdle, but it's a it's a fine line that we have to walk on being, you know, super pro uh, pro uh, law enforcement, which we support law enforcement. Like we all do here. We think that there's, they're, they're necessary, but when we think about the, the folks that we built this app for getting too far down the, the road is also can be uh, contradictory to what we're doing too. But again, we want to bridge that gap as much right. as we can. And our platform is that conduit. And so we, whenever we go into those conversations, we speak to you know, jazz talking with, with LAPD. We've had, conversations with um, I, at this point I think we're we're nearing a kind of a hundred law enforcement officers from boots on the ground all the way up to, to chiefs of police right to help to help really share it and double down like this is a part of our business like working and having these conversations is a part of our business before we can even launch we want to have as many conversations as possible and that helps uh, we can overcome that objection by really just sharing the work because the proof is in the pudding and well, that's we're out there that's a that's a great segue because you, you kind of took me where I was thinking about. And as facilitators, one of the things that we believe in is seeking to understand and having conversation before forward decisions are being made. And that would be an example here. How do we have a conversation with police departments before they decide whether turn signal is good or bad, whatever they feel about it. But I want to talk about the feelings of what's in the head of you three individuals. And, I, and you took me right there because of these difficult conversations. I mean, you're, you're from, let's just call it ground zero of, of black males being targeted by police. I, that's not an Anthony thing. That's just a perception. But so as humans, how did you feel about policing in general before you started this business? And how do you feel today, uh, three years later, now that you've been in a position where you've been able to collaborate and help police officers? But just as human beings living in Minneapolis, how did you feel before you started this company and how do you feel now? Yeah, I think I think as I look back to in 2020, um, just the complete unrest that, that we had with George Floyd and how, you know, Minneapolis had kind of been pinned as like the epicenter of a lot of bad interactions from, you know, Philando to George Floyd to Dante Wright. And those are just the ones that we we heard about on, yeah. on large media, right? Um, we'll we know that there's many more. Uh, the reality is that, you know, when I grew up, my parents, I came from a two two family home and I uh, parents that are super supportive and they told me what to do when I get into these interactions. Put your hand to both hands on the wheel. If you need to reach for something, ask them if you can reach for something uh, uh, like your wallet, things like that. Um, and just really being respectful and saying, hey, yes, sir, yes, yes ma'am. No, I still do that to today, right? When I get pulled over, I give them the power right away. Like, yes, mm -hmm. ma'am, yes, sir. They, they already know they're like, yeah, I got the power, right? Um, but they, we know that there's a lot of people uh, that look like us that haven't had that conversation from their, their family members. And we know based on the things that come out in the media uh, around some of the interactions, uh, they're coming from a place of anxiety. And when you're in a place of anxiety, um, you know, you might do some things that are outside of your norm. 
uh, and and that is an unsettling proposition. So, you know, today I feel more comfortable knowing when I'm driving. I live 50 minutes outside of uh, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and I live in an area that's not heavily populated with people that look like myself. And I've been pulled over numerous times on my drive home from work. I feel more comfortable knowing that, hey, I got an attorney here, even though I'm doing the right thing every single time. Mm-hmm. But what happens when, you know, 99% of the police officers may be good people? What happens when I run into that 1% that's having a bad day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, having that attorney there gives me that peace of mind. So, right. No, thanks for sharing. So, so is turn signal only like if let's say I have turn signal and I'm driving. I mean, I know how to use there. What if I'm in my home and someone tries to serve a warrant? Is that also you could be used then, or, or you know, some kind of any kind of interaction with law enforcement, or is it really based yeah. on vehicles? Yeah, we we turn signal as it sits today is a is a platform that's here for people in the in the transportation space. So, you're if you're on wheels or or rails, we we want you to be able to use turn signal during these interactions. Uh, of course, on our future roadmap is opening it up to more and more opportunities to the Brianna Taylors of the world uh, that that need it outside of that moment. But we want to make sure we do in the car really well before we expand our value proposition to do more and more things. Uh, but as of now, uh, we still have people that will use it on, outside of those circumstances. And we uh, we give the attorneys the autonomy to, to be able to handle that or, or say, you know, hey, we, these lines open for, for people who are in vehicles and, and need uh, assistance in this moment. We actually just had a real, real life example of that where someone was pulled over on, on our platform a few days ago, and somehow it came up in conversation that with the attorney that he was just dealing with all life. Life was happening. He was dealing with some sort of dispute over his over his child, and our attorney actually was able to follow up with him and give him the resources that he needed to go it, make his life better in that in, in that particular instance and so you know that's what i love about our attorneys they're they're not going to turn you away they want to help you in those interactions mm-hmm. and so while turn signal should be used in or around the vehicle our attorneys are still going to be there uh to support you uh should you need them well and, and how are they paid is it pro bono or how are the attorneys that give of their time how are they compensated yeah, um, the the super majority of our attorneys are are none of them are paid by our drivers for those during these interactions, um, and the super majority of them are here out of the goodness of their heart. Uh, they do it for free reasons. It's great to, from altruistic standpoint, like they just want to help people in their moment of need. What better way to give up five minutes after you spend three years in law school uh, to to be able to help people in their moment of need? The other is like brand building. Now they can go on their website yeah. and say they're a trans- trusted attorney. And if I'm looking for an attorney in any for any reason, if I see that badge, I know what kind of person that person is, right? Uh, they're a person who's on our platform and going to help people. And then, of course, they can find new clients that way and work with them in the future if they ever need them for, for reasons uh, outside of uh, whatever happened in that vehicle. So it's a great reason for them to join for, for multiple. Areas. How many attorneys are, are, do you have? Hundreds, hundreds of attorneys. That's, that's, that's so awesome because you always hear like, well, not not, not the, your lawyers, because I, I almost went that route. And um, you always hear about lawyers or the jokes, right? Like they just uh, no heart. And and that's not true. I mean, yeah. I mean, hundreds. Well, <laughs> so I got to ask you then, and I wonder, is that the impetus behind? Because you've got this, um, as part of your business, you have this pledge where you ask businesses to, to pledge to uh, advocate for social justice and provide support for you know a, a legal justice where 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 did that come from was that just a uh 
Was that brought to, where did that come from? Because I, I love that. You know, yeah. that's a, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jazz. You got it. That's uh, when I was at my law firm, I was a practicing attorney for the last six years. And I was the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I was one of those uh, directors of DEI that was putting out those statements on our website after George Floyd. I was doing all this work and, and saying all these words, but what were we doing in practice? So Ooh, what did he say? What did he say? Right? So when we approach businesses, it's like, how are you putting your, how are you walking the line after you are drawing it, right? Uh, so many people were making statements. If, if you identify racism as a public health crisis, well, that's a real concern. What are you doing as a healthcare company to address that public health crisis, right? This is a way for people to start walking that walk. And that's why we want to partner with them as well. That's why Blue Cross Blue Shield partnered with us to provide turns, you know, to an entire metropolitan community to address race and health equity, right? They are actually walking that walk, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota. And we love to see people actually doing the work. Yeah, yeah. Walking the walk. We we making statements, but what are we what are we doing about it? What do they say, Joy or Nick? Say it in the back. Say it loud. Yeah, say so it people louder. in the back in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> say it loud. Say it loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Well, I, you know what? We we could really just chat all day. Uh, y'all have any other thoughts or, or comments, uh, uh, questions that uh, that we haven't talked about that? that you could share with, uh, with our audience and our listeners about, about your work and its impact Any any message that they can take away today? Uh, I, I got something. I think the, one of the biggest things is, uh, you talked about some challenges and, you know, we provide turn signal as a benefit to a lot of corporations, uh, today. And, you know, I think that we all are know that a lot of the organizations that we're currently work with, they don't have a lot of people that look like us in the building. I think mm-hmm. that's why everyone has a DEI director, right? They're trying to get more people in the building that look like us. But as we stated, this platform is for everyone, right? It's for that 16-year-old driver who's, uh, regardless of race, um, doesn't know what to do when they're pulled over or in an accident, right? It's for that spouse who's driving down a, a dark road in the middle of the night uh, without a light post or building in sight, uh, just having that peace of mind, knowing that I have someone here with me that's going to ensure that I'm safe and I get home. Uh, so really what we're trying to do is encourage them that, you know, by by companies taking a small part of their bottom line to provide this to their employee base, it allows us to provide this to thousands of lo- low income individuals uh, that truly need this. And we've seen that today by the the way that we've been able to increase our revenue and runway um, to be able to fulfill those, the need of those that, that need that. And, and I do mean thousands. So that's awesome. What I'll, what I'll add um, to that, and it's kind of along the lines of Gray, is I'll just speak from experience as a black man that has worked in, in the corporate environment for a number of years. That space is, is oftentimes isolating for, for you as, as a black man and like, Tools and benefits like turn signal allow you to one kind of lessen, soften the blow, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're still working towards your diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. I know you, 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 you know, a lot of companies are in varying stages of that journey or don't necessarily even know where to start, but you can start by offering something like turn signal for those folks that feel isolated as you progress down the line on, on your journey. And so that's one of the things that we want to that I want to kind of view on a lot of corporations and folks that are listening to this podcast is 
this can be a, an isolating space going into the corporate environment, going into, you know, a happy hour. You know, we are in Minnesota and y'all are in Iowa, right? Yeah. Not a lot of black folk in those those places mm-hmm. and those spaces that we that we are in. And so any way that you can signal uh, to, to, to us that like you care yeah. will help drive. It'll it'll do wonders for your bottom line, um, because we also know that, you know, having diverse organizations are more innovative. They make more revenue. Yeah. Right. These are all the things that can drive and actually make your organization money. Yeah. But people need to feel safe and confident in those, in those moments. In those well, we talk a lot about that's you make a great point. We talk a lot about, uh, you know, uh, belonging and making sure you're belonging and, and not being just an inclusive organization. And what I hear you saying, if I, I think I hear you saying is th- this tool you have is really more than just um, we're giving you something like it's, you know, it's black history month. We're going to have a, a party, a social event. You're actually investing in something. You're putting money into something that really is beyond just that day or that service. It's a long-term benefit um, that has a social justice impact. And, and to the, the black folks or whomever that, that those folks that feel isolated in those workplaces, the, the, the two, the benefit alone, forget what it does. Just the fact that you're doing it. Uh, you understand you're saying you care, you're showing it, you're showing it. Right. Yeah. Thank you for making that easier for me. Nick. You were getting there, partner. You were getting there. We knew it was coming. It's the pain meds I'm on. It's it's got me thinking clarifyingly for a day. (laughs) Well, I would love to know, you've had so many success. Dre, I heard you say you literally have thousands of customers. You've been on all these magazines and shows and actually are probably what I view as living in your purpose, making an impact, using your gifts to make this world better right and so when you have that happen what is next for you all as a company as an individual what's going to happen next for you you know the the goal i often say has to be ubiquity right i need people in the same way that uh my wife and i are going to go to to dinner tomorrow night and we're going to uber home and you know what i meant when i said i'm going to uber home because i'm using it as a verb i want people to say i was pulled over last night and we use turn signal it's fine and whether you're in uh, tuscaloosa or tennessee that you know what that means right uh that ubiquity is what we're searching for that we can change all of these interactions because we've struggled to legislate around this issue so we have to innovate and change the entire landscape from the ground up well said well said ubiquity ubernet make verb it make it a verb hey i was pulled over last what you nick man a cop pulled me over I turn signal. I turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, the key is getting them to say that too, right? Yeah, yeah I got yeah. turn yep. signal. That's a good thing. I got turn signal. Man, I got right? turn signal last night. We'll help yeah. you, Vert. We'll help you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Take us out, Joy. <laughs> All right. Well, Jazz, Michael, and Andre, I'm calling you Dre now too. I'm your cousin now too, Anthony. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> We want to thank you so much for being on our show again. um, Very, very excited for not only what you all are doing for your success um, as a small business owner, but then also the impact of what your company is going to have on the world. Like, I want to know, hopefully we're using this in Iowa. If we're not, please do reach out to us when it goes live in Iowa. I'm going to download it. I'll pay for a subscription because I'm not one of those that believe in like, Oh, I know you, so give me the hookup. Nope. Yeah. If I believe in you, I'm going to invest in you, right? Okay. And so so we're super excited about that. And so, Nick, you want to share and acknowledge our partners as well? 
Yeah, big shout out to our five-star presenting sponsor, Kirkwood Community College. Appreciate your partnership with this podcast. Also, a big thanks to our Silver Diversity sponsor, Rise to Greatness, formerly known as PG Cares. Also, a big thanks to our Friends of Breaking Barriers, Community Savings Bank, and Tyler Lincoln Barnes DDS. Again, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. This is a this is such an amazing product, and again, should be everywhere. Yes, yes, it should be a no-brainer. So, absolutely. So we'd love to hear from you if you want to check out these gentlemen here. You want to check out Turn Signal and listen to this. Uh, you know, hit us up with your questions, comments on info at toprankedtalentsolutions.com. But make sure you go and like and subscribe and share this episode when it drops. And uh, gentlemen, appreciate you. Appreciate you so much for your time. And uh, we're going to continue to spread the word. And, and we're going to be collaborating offline as well. This, this is not the last time. Uh, hopefully we're going to talk to you and, and spend time with you. I got to take my selfie of us. Yes, yes. Y'all got to get off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you get the selfie in. Absolutely. Then I'll really be able Technology to. Technology is awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to hit All up right. Uncle Didi, Dre. I'm gonna, so he'll know for real. I, I, I told you, Didi, I was going to get him on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready, Joe? Right. And we, yeah. Yeah, and we are live in Iowa. You're live. Oh, Nice. We will download. If you're listening to us, wherever you're at, download, turn signal, start using the verb, right? Like we we made Uber famous. We made Facebook. We made all these things verb. We can make turn signal that is providing accountability and safety famous Mm -hmm. as well. And then hit them up. If you're looking for innovative ways, uh, recruiting is our background, right? And so Mm -hmm. we know it's competitive out there for talent. So mm-hmm. this is something that you could offer to your employee. I got a few people that I'm going to nudge you guys yeah. about what you're doing. Yeah, we drop episodes twice per month on your favorite audio platforms and YouTube. Search Breaking Barriers, the D-E-I-D-M-D podcast. All right. Well, thank Thanks you again for, for listening. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. Have a great one. Y'all, All right. I'm doing Advancing equity is not a one-year project. It's a generational commitment. There are too few people in the world willing to be the domino. Too few people willing to take that fall.